I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, talking with our friends from Everag, Principal of Risk Management, Mike North, is along with us. Originally a dairy kid who now uses that background to lead a team of broker analysts and help educate you about price protection tools. And speaking of prices, Mike, the market has been pretty good to Class 3 milk this week. A stark contrast to what we've been seeing after markets were closed for the three-day weekend. Class 3 milk was trading up on Tuesday, on Wednesday. The overnight trade did have Class 3 milk down this morning. But tell me, what's been driving those numbers, and will this black ink continue? So Class 3 markets ultimately uh, did see a little bit of a pop as we came out of the extended uh, holiday weekend. End of day, it's lost a little bit of that sizzle as we come into Thursday morning, uh, even following uh, a strong Wednesday trade. Reality is is that Class 3 answers to the markets of cheese and whey. And cheese saw a little bit of a pop as we came through uh, the last couple of sessions with uh, blocks coming back up north of 140, barrels at 151. Reality, though, is that uh, we're going to need to see a higher cheese price to continue that rally. And while we hope for it, there hasn't been any evidence that that's coming any quickly. Now, there is a very big issue that remains unresolved, and that is what is the USDA going to do with this very sizable cheese purchase that they have put out there in front of the world, um, and there's been no answers to that. We were expecting to see details on the 14th, um, and then they postponed it. Um, It could be today. We're we're watching and waiting to see if that, in fact, can show up today. Uh, The 22nd was their postponed, uh, pushed back deadline to deliver some of the details. And if there is a sizable purchase, that may very well continue bringing people to the cheese market, which then incites a reasonable and supported rally in class three, the thing we're all looking for. Mike, can you tell us more about this cheese purchase and why it's so significant? If you go back through the process, this is phase two of a buying program that actually began last fall. Last fall's purchase was only a couple million uh, pounds of cheese. It was somewhat irrelevant. And if you look at this phase two purchase, it could be as much as 48 million pounds of cheese, which would be a very different discussion. However, when they go through the buying process, there are a couple of stages to that. And stage one is a bid submission. Stage two is is more of a release of who are the players and where's the cheese going to come from. And then over time, we see what gets delivered to different geographies and among different cheese types and so forth. But, uh, Honestly, we're looking for those volume numbers to help us get a little better sense of what is the impact on this market. So uh, it's a government program. They can release the details whenever they choose. And the 14th was kind of the initial target date. The 22nd is the postponed date. We hope it comes today, but they have the ability, as we've seen already, 
to change that date if they need to, to accommodate whatever it is that's going on behind the scenes to, to stall that effort. Mike, aside from this delayed cheese purchase, what else is happening in terms of dairy trends that could be a risk to the market? What do you have your eye on? And then maybe on the flip side, where do you see some opportunity? Yeah, so, you know, from a risk perspective, there's really two things. We just got the main milk production report that came out and essentially showed that milk production was flat. More importantly, though, cow numbers were flat. As much as we've thought that, you know, we could start seeing the herd reduce, we just haven't seen that yet. And I I do believe that as we walk uh, forward in time, uh, that tune is going to start to change. We've just watched the corn price move up a dollar and thirty cents from where it was just a few weeks ago. We've watched soybean meal prices go up about fifty dollars a ton from where they just were a few weeks ago. The feed picture that was starting to look more friendly is now moving in the other direction, and that has been hastened, of course, by the extreme dry conditions in the upper Midwest and throughout a big chunk of the Corn Belt. So as we walk forward into 2023 summer, if dryness persists, feed prices stay high, we likely see milk production go down, which seasonally we're going to get that anyway, but we we are are looking for that, that signal in the market that says, okay, cows are actually being reduced um, and a, a culling uh, is happening happening a little bit more aggressively than normal. Uh, and with beef prices where they're at, this is ultimately a very inviting uh, thing for those who are looking to thin the herd, uh, make an exit, whatever their situation might be. And that will you know certainly invite uh, a little bit more optimism optimism around the available milk pool because right now we do, we do have a little bit more milk than what processors can manage, given the tight labor market and and, and the ability to maintain plant capacities. But um, you know, if we if we can remove some of the cows, that would be very very helpful. I think the other thing that's important to recognize is that in the midst of all of uh, what we've watched happen to cheese price and whey price, we've become the lowest price point in the world not just by a little bit, by a very large margin. Uh, Cheese prices in the United States are 60 to 70 cents uh, below world market. And that has typically and traditionally invited a lot of export business. You know, the, the, the challenge we're having this year is that ultimately the world economy is a little bit softer. China has been a very, very poor uh, participant in the global dairy trade auction uh, auctions that happen uh, every couple of weeks uh, they have been really slow to the to the to the uh, game on 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 buying any more uh, goods now granted they they imported a lot in the first quarter but that was a byproduct of last year's sales so we're looking for them to come to the market and we've been a very you know Export-dependent uh, dairy industry. Eighteen percent of our milk goes into exports. So, you know, we are looking for exports. And right now, the cheese market is saying, "Hey, I'm here. Come get me." 
and uh, that that uh, that opportunity is before us. I do believe we'll start to see some of that pick up. So right along with the government coming in to buy cheese, we could have some additional export purchases if our prices uh, can uh, stay at these levels a little bit longer. Always great information. And I want you to give us the last word. Your forte is risk management. So what is your risk management advice today for Wisconsin producers specifically? Well, we're, we're kind of in that moment where feed prices have just made a big run higher. We are uh, at a place where milk prices have just made a big push lower. If you haven't done anything to this point, this is not the point to rush in and then get super aggressive in either defending feed price or defending milk price. That opportunity has passed us for the moment. So if you take any action, take action that's very passive and ultimately defends against rising prices with the use of options, I'm talking on feed now, or you know, defends against falling prices of milk by using things like DRP or uh, options in some sort of a forward program or in your own brokerage account. This is not the place to be getting hyper-aggressive on milk prices or feed costs after each has made such a big move in what I'll call uh, not-so-friendly directions. A big thank you to Mike North, the Principal of Risk Management with Everag, for giving us his expertise this morning. Everag's helpful broker analysts can be found pretty easy online. Just type in E-V-E-R dot H-E. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.